Hello, this is Pastor Mo, Senior Pastor at First Baptist Church of Broussard. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to these messages. My hope is that this sermon will be a benefit to your spiritual growth and that you will prayerfully take to heart the contents of this week's message. I also encourage you to pull up the accompanying sermon notes and follow along as you listen. If you have any questions or would like to follow up after the sermon, feel free to contact me or our staff here at First Baptist Broussard. May God bless you as we begin this week's sermon. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. Well, we continue with our series uh, that we have been for this whole year, Walking with Jesus Through the Gospel of John. And if you're new here today, and I see a few new folks, and we're glad you come each week to, to visit with us. But uh, we started in January walking and working our way through the Gospel of John with the intent to get a clear and accurate picture of who Jesus is, what he said, what he did, and what he expects and desires from us. Of course, the goal of this series is to become authentic and genuine followers of Christ. So today we're up to John chapter 14, probably one of the more familiar passages. Uh, and and I, I use the scripture almost every single funeral that I do. Now, we're not doing a funeral today. We're celebrating today. But uh, it is such beautiful passages. Once you hear it, you'll recognize it very clearly. The uh, message is entitled, The Cure for Heart Trouble. Uh, but John chapter 14, if you turn in your Bibles, uh, it's also in the insert. And if you, if you open up your church app, you'll have all the scriptures plus all the notes there for you. You're welcome to do that. Now, if you're new here today, which I, as I mentioned, I see a few of you here, don't feel like you're left out because every Sunday is sort of a standalone message. But it does help to have some background. So if you or anyone else has missed any of the messages, uh, Pastor Adam, our associate pastor, puts up all the messages uh, on our website. You can go to uh, fbcbrewstore.com and you can listen to the audio and the sermon notes. And then on your church app, you can also pull it up and listen to it at any time. So I encourage you, if you've missed any of those, to do that. But as we're walking our way through, we have been using a little video from a movie called The Gospel of John. And the desire and the intent is to help you sort of get into it and realize that what we're reading is a scripture is relevant. Yes, it was written 2,000 years ago, but it's just as relevant, applicable, and practical to today. And that's what we're trying to do is take God's word uh, from its rich historical setting and to put it into practice here and now. So we're going to pick up here with uh, Jesus in just a moment at a very familiar, even if you're new to the faith or haven't been in church much, you've probably heard of the Last Supper. Uh, and so this is the evening, probably a Thursday, but we don't know for sure, but probably Thursday evening when he gathered with his disciples. The next morning he was going to be arrested, tried, crucified, and buried. So there was a lot going on. Now, the disciples probably didn't know everything that was going on, but they knew all about the threats. They knew all about the problems. And there was a lot of troubled hearts uh, sitting around that table. They were sitting down. You remember two weeks ago we, 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 uh, we walked through with Jesus as he washed the feet of his disciples. A very unorthodox and a humiliating uh, act according to people that time. But Jesus was setting the example and the model for the first of two things that this passage, this chapter talks about in this section is to serve like Jesus and today to love like Jesus. And that's the core, the bottom thing. If you, you don't get anything else, 
You don't know all about theology and, and scriptures and doctrine. If you know that we're supposed to serve like Jesus and love like Jesus, then you can, through the scriptures and through time, be able to put that into practice. So let's cut the lights and watch this little video clip, and then we'll pick back up. There are many rooms in my father's house, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. I would not tell you this if it were not so. And after I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to myself, so that you will be where I am. You know the way that leads to the place where I am going. Lord, we do not know where you are going. So how can we know the way to get there? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except by me. Now that you have known me, you will know my Father also. And from now on, you do know him, that you have seen him. Lord, show us the Father. That is all we need. For a long time I have been with you all. And you do not know me, Father. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Why then do you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words I have spoken to you. when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. If not believe because of the things I do, I am telling you the truth. Those who believe in me will do what I do. Yes, they will do even greater things. Because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask for in my name. So that the Father's glory will be shown through the Son. Uh, a lot of emotional content there that works and uh, gives us an idea of, of what was going on and kind of help us to understand uh, that there were a lot of troubled hearts there. Now, in today's world, and some of you here may have some heart trouble. Now, I'm not talking about this kind of heart trouble, but even though it is as good stewards of our bodies, one out of seven deaths in America are coronary death related. Every 40 seconds, someone's have a heart attack. Can you imagine that? And if it's 60 seconds, someone dies from it. And over 200 billion total cost. Now, if you're a guest here today, this is not a medical convention, okay? I'm just, uh, but I want to tag it in that it said that we need to be good stewards. And we need to take care of ourselves and our heart because it's part of who we are. But we're not medical class. So let's get back to uh, the Bible passage because we're talking about God's cure for spiritual heart disease and the troubles that go along with that. Now, when we talk about the heart, uh, a thousand times in the Bible, Old and New Testament, the word heart is used. But in the New Testament, we see some of the things about how, uh, the, some descriptions of that, how it thinks in Matthew, uh, but heart believes, is part of desires and purposes. 
in a sense, this is the ruling center of who we are as a person, our spring of desires. The heart is sort of the seat of the will, the intellect and emotions and feelings. Character and personality are all a part of that. Now, in my simple understanding of it, it's sort of the convergence of, of, of soul, spirit, and body. Of course, the mind is that aspect of it. When those three come together, that's the heart. That's our seat of our purpose and focus. Uh, because the physical heart that we talked about earlier, as important as it is, it doesn't think, doesn't feel, doesn't have any moral judgment. It's our, uh, our, where our mind and soul and spirit and body link together. That's the heart that we're talking about. And that's the heart that Jesus is asking us to turn over to him and to focus on him fully and completely. But unfortunately, just like many of us have heart illnesses and diseases and decline, we have spiritual heart and diseases. And we want to look at those and to sort of address those things in this passage as we look at God's cure for a troubled heart. Now, we sang earlier, standing on the promises. Uh, well, I will give you four promises from God. Now, there are hundreds and hundreds of promises that we could talk about. But, you know, I, I, we didn't bring our lunch, and I, I can't break the bread and fishes like Jesus did to make it last for lunch. But we're going to uh, look at these four briefly because we won't give time for our communion service. But we'll look at these four promises of peace, place, path, and power to help us to get a sure and clear understanding that no matter what troubles you have, spiritually, God has a cure for it. Now, he can cure you physically, too. But we're talking about spiritual today. When Jesus was sitting around the table, as we saw in the video, we saw two more disciples come up to him and interact with him. Last time, we saw the other two disciples. And unfortunately, all four of them missed the boat. The only redeeming part of here, ladies, that's up to you. Mary came in and finally did something right. And those knothead guys just couldn't get it. But thank you, ladies, for that, for, for Mary. But we looked at Peter and how he was, said he was going to, that Jesus said, hey, you're going to deny me. We looked at Judas. Of course, we know what happened with Judas. He betrayed him. Thomas came up here and says, you know, we don't know where you're going. Basically, Thomas was just confessing like the rest of them. We don't know what's going on. We're confused. We're troubled. We're, we're disheartened. And then uh, Philip came back up and said, show us the Father. Now, in this video clip, you could see the actor think he did a pretty good job of showing, in a sense, the hurt, the uh, sadness, uh, but love in the face of Jesus as he answered and told Philip, listen, I've been with you all this time. I, you look at me, you see what the Father's like. You experience that. So these poor guys were troubled. They were confused. And Jesus goes about, as he always does, he has the cure and he has the, the victory for us if we'll just look to Jesus. So let's look at the first one, the promised peace. John 14, 1. Read that with me, please. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now that's a very, very popular verse and one you've all heard before. But the concept here is, is Jesus is saying, listen to the disciples, because they just ask him, hey, show us the Father. Where are you going? What's going on here? Why would I die? He says, listen, you've already believed in God. Okay, you believe in God. Well, 
I'm here, God in flesh, believe in me. Put the same trust in my word and in my promises that you put in God the Father. And to transfer that over, because we see it's kind of a challenge for them, especially for the, the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees, the scribes, all those. They just could not make that transfer of God into to human flesh and, and, this, and the uniqueness of Jesus, who he was, full God, full man. But Jesus said, listen to him, I'm making a promise. The promise is that you trust in God, believe in me, trust in me. And you will not have any troubles. You will not need to be troubled. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to have some troubles from the outside on you, but you don't have to be troubled in your heart, in your spirit. So he's given us this promise because, you see, it's Jesus is the answer. Now, sometimes you, you've heard there's a song years ago, Jesus is the answer, and sometimes we can get a little bit trite and, and just flippant by saying, oh, Jesus is the answer. Well, that's true. But in this case, it really is true in, in that Jesus, uh, Jesus alone is our source of peace and comfort. In the early church, that was our standard doctrine statement. Right here in 2 Corinthians 1.20, we have a standard doctrinal statement from the Apostle Paul about what they believed in this issue. He says, For all the promises, not just some, all the promises of God find their yes in Him, Christ. That is why through Christ we utter our amen to, the God, to God for His glory. So, You've got struggles? Well, many of us here do. We've got marriage problems. We've got financial problems. Family dynamics. Concern about jobs. Concern about your health. Worried about the issues of this world. It's all around us. There are so many things out there that are trying to trouble the waters of your heart and your spirit. Don't let it happen. Look at Jesus. Look to Jesus, and no matter what's going on around you, you can stay calm and peaceful. Remember we, when we, we, we did the story about Jesus and his disciples when he was teaching on the, on the water, and he had sent the disciples across on their own, and they ran into a storm, and Jesus just came walking across the water, and they were all afraid, and Peter, in his fear, says, Lord, let me come out. Remember, as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, everything was okay, right? But when he took his eyes off and looked at the storm around us, and every single one of us here have storms in our life. If you don't, I'd like to switch places with you. But we all have issues. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus, he promises us his, himself is the remedy. He's the cure. That's why it's so important to believe in Jesus. Now, second thing is, and I, that's... Uh, what a wonderful thing is, a promised place. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many dwelling places. If not, I would have told you, I am going to prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. So Jesus is not only saying, if you believe in me, I'm going to reside in you, I'm going to bring you peace in this life. But I'll tell you what, while you're living this life, and peace, I'm preparing a place for you for all eternity. And it's going to be a place of peace and comfort. You won't have any trouble. So no troubles here, no troubles on the other side. Now that's a pretty good deal. The promised place. Jesus is promised. Now what is that place? Well, obviously it's heaven. Now we don't have time to go into a full-blown message on heaven, which it would be nice. I may do that later on. But just a few points to remind you of what we're talking about here. It's a real place. 
The Bible talks about houses, fruitful gardens, rivers, streets of gold. Now, exactly how that's going to wear out, whether it's physical things or whatever, I don't know. But it's a real place. Heaven is real. All things will become new. We're going to have perfect bodies. Some of you think you've got it already. I hate to bust your bubble, but uh, that's not there. But we will have. There's no tears of pain. It's going to be perfect peace. It is where God is. He's going to be the center of all activity. And apparently we're going to know our loved ones because we're going to have bodies that are recognizable and operational so that we can worship, we can serve, we can interact with one another. And then it will eventually be located here on New Earth. Scriptures talks about in Revelation that there is a, a, a city from a New Heaven coming down, 15 miles square all around or tri- triangle or something. It's going to drop down here on Earth, literally, on a completely renovated and renewed Earth. And this will be where we will spend all eternity with Jesus, experiencing his peace, flowing and living in that peace. And he's promised us. He said, if you'll believe in me, it's all it takes is if you believe in me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and confess him as Lord and Savior, then his peace will reside with you in this life and you will receive a promised place of peace for all eternity. I don't know about you, but that's pretty good news. That, can, that kind of calms my spirit a little bit uh, already. But we're only halfway there. The third promise is a promised path or pathway. Now, this is a passage you're probably familiar with. Jesus said, talking to his disciples, you know the way where I'm going. But Thomas spoke up. Remember, he was one of the ones that had issues. We don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And this is where Jesus came in and gave this wonderful, powerful verse. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So remember, we're talking about Jesus is what it's all about. He is who it's it's all about. He, when we believe in him, his peace resides in us. When we believe in him, our place is is being prepared for us. But in in between those two places, here and the afterlife, there's a pathway for us to follow. And that pathway is Jesus. It's not a set of rules and regulations and laws and rituals, which those are good. And we need to follow those. But that's not the pathway. The pathway is Jesus. And I don't know what part of no one comes to the Father except through me the world has issues with. I mean, that, that's as clear as a bell. It's simple. You know, God's not trying to trip us up. He's trying to make it as simple and clean as possible for us. But you've got to make that choice to believe and that he is that promised pathway and peace well there's still one more the promised power jesus says i assure you the one who believes and that's a key word there all this everything revolves around that idea that you are truly believing not just facts but believe in him then you will also do the works that i do and he will do even greater works than these because i am going to the father Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, there's some questions. Some liberals and 
uh, secularists say right here, well, that's not true. You're not going to do greater works than that. You're not going to raise people from the dead. You're not going to heal people to the blind. Well, that's true, but that's not what he's talking about here. You know, many times I've mentioned before that there seems to be some apparent troubles or issues or conflicts in the Scripture. There are no problems or issues or conflicts in the Scripture. It's in our limited understanding of the context and allowing the Spirit to walk in. What Jesus is saying here is, is absolutely true. We are doing greater works than he did in a certain sense. We're not bringing people from the dead. But when Jesus was here, he could only be in one place at one time, right? And only could interact with those that are around him. But now that he's ascended to heaven, and those of us that are Christians here, born again, true Christians, Jesus' spirit resides in you. So that now there are millions and millions of people out there doing works in Jesus' name. So it's more and multiplied. That's the try to greater works. But, you see, this promised power comes. And I could add a, a fourth, fifth one, but maybe a little overload here with proper protocol. But the proper protocol for this promised power is this last verse. Asking in Jesus' name. Now, what does that mean? Well, this week I was reading uh, uh, an article from a, a guy named Ray Pritchard who does Keep Believing Ministries. And he gave these six things, so I borrowed them from him just to summarize these things. What does it mean to pray in the name of Jesus? When you pray in, the name in, Jesus, pray in Jesus' name, you're confessing your faith that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. Number two, when you pray in Jesus' name, you are acknowledging that his name is the supreme name in all the universe. Thirdly, when you pray in Jesus' name, you are admitting there is no power to answer your prayer in any other name than Jesus, including your own. When you pray in Jesus' name, you are submitting your will to his will because he knows what is best. When you pray in Jesus' name, you are asking that God's reputation be enhanced through the answer to your prayer. And then last but not least, when you pray in Jesus' name, you are asking that everything you ask for be consistent with God's character, God's will, and God's word. You see, we have the power waiting for us through prayer. But we must do it the proper way, through Jesus. We must believe in him and trust in him. That's where we come to this sort of reminder. This is sort of the takeaway for today. God's cure for a troubled heart, where well, it's in the promises of Jesus. He's promised peace for us. He's promised a place for us. He's promised a path to that place. And he has promised us the power of prayer to do great works and to complete the task. All of us here are struggling with things. And we will continue. If you're not having problems now, I hate to say this, you're going to in the future. And if you don't watch out, those things can trouble your heart and your spirit and your soul. And it will just interact with every aspect of who you are. But it doesn't have to be. As Jesus says, I promise you. I promise you. And wouldn't you agree that Jesus is probably the best promise keeper of all? 100% of his promises have always come true. We can count on him. But as I mentioned last week, can he count on us to follow through, to serve like him, 
to love like him by believing in him and receiving these things. And then we take this and we go out to be medical missionaries in a sense to cure the spiritual heart disease of the people around us. People are hurting. They're troubled. This world's a troubled place. We've got the answer. Let's not hoard it. Let's believe it, experience it, live in it, and share that light with others. It's important. You, now, on the screen here, we find uh, uh, the lyrics to a hymn. And I want us to sing this little chorus verse together just to remind us that it's Jesus who is the rock upon which all the promises and all the hope is, is secure. Let's just sing this together. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Have you put your hope, your trust, your full belief and reliance upon Jesus, the way, the truth, the life? If you have, then God's peace is available to you. He's preparing a place for you. He's inviting you to join him on the pathway of the walk of Jesus. And giving you the power of prayer to keep it all the way. How can we fail if we just follow the principles that Jesus has set out? But you see, it all comes down to a choice. You have to personally choose to believe them, accept them, and to put them into practice on a consistent basis. See, Jesus has promised he's going to be with every step of the way. You're never alone. He can help you. But you've got, to, you've got to trust. You've got to step out. Would you uh, bow your heads and close your eyes as we move into our invitation time here of uh, commitment? If you're new, this time is a time where Pastor Adam and I stand here at the front and we give you an opportunity. If you something in the scriptures, maybe the Holy Spirit has worked in your heart and you want to make a decision, we encourage you if you're a Christian here today, to reaffirm and recommit that Jesus is the answer to all the troubles. Live in his peace. Share that peace. And make a commitment to being his representatives in a world that needs it. There may be some of you here. You know the facts. You know all about what the scripture says. It's, this is, you, you agree with it but you haven't totally surrendered to it. Well, today is that time, that opportunity for you. <clears throat> if you're not 100% sure of your salvation here this morning, not quite sure, well, today is the day for you to settle that once and for all. Scripture says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, the Lord Jesus will be saved. Well, I encourage you, if you're here now, nobody's looking, nobody's going to embarrass you, not going to make you join this church, become a Baptist, or start tithing right away. We want you 
to know for sure that you are a believer. You're an authentic and genuine follower of Christ and that he is Lord of your life. This is Pastor Moke again. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this sermon. Maybe something you've heard of the message or read of the notes has challenged your thinking about your faith. If so, our staff is here to help in whatever way we can. Or if you prefer, check out the Faith Life tab located on our homepage at www.fbcbroussard.com. There you can find answers about salvation, spiritual growth, and getting plugged into a local church. And don't forget to check out the other sermons in this series as well. May God bless you.